I'll say, uh, come on, I'm trying to focus. Why are you trying to get me off track here? If, uh, if you got your Bibles with you, we'll, we'll turn to Ephesians 3, and we'll park there, and we'll say a couple introductory things first before we get going here. Anybody excited they're here this morning? You're glad you didn't miss church today, right? Now, I would like to publicly apologize just to clear my conscience. Miss Paula Rote, I'd like to apologize. I saw her on Friday, and she said, are you preaching this Sunday? I said, nope, not till January. And I knew right then and there I was preaching this Sunday morning. So I want to publicly apologize to you. Maybe she's a prophet, too. I don't know. So uh, I just wanted to clear that up so I wouldn't feel bad going into this message that I had to lie to her on Friday. So first of all, I want to thank um, a lot of people. But let me first of all say just thank you to everybody who um, said nice things to me. That's appreciated. Uh, prayers, cards, text message, email, support, and love. And also, can we thank Dad and Brother Les and Brother Sean uh, for preaching and teaching and praying and holding the fort down for eight months straight? Come on, we can do better than that. Come on, for eight months straight. I left you in good hands, didn't I? So they did an awesome job uh, for the past eight months. I will say this. It's 11-12, and um, so we're pretty far into this already, guys. 11-12. But I'm not going to rush through this today. Is that okay with you guys? I haven't said anything in eight months. Like, I haven't even spoken to anyone in eight months so, uh, I'm going to take my time today. Is that all right? I need a little bit more hearty. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so, since I haven't said anything in eight months, we're going to be here a really long time today. Super long time. Uh, but I want to preach a message, and I don't want to rush through it, so that I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to even look at the clock since three people already preached to you today before I got up here. So, this is your fourth one. And... Uh, I'm going to take my time, so we're going to turn to Ephesians 3.20 first, and uh, we're going to start there, and then we'll get into this message. Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion Translation says this, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Now, before we read any further, you haven't said a lick of responding in eight months, so that changes today. Okay, you forgot to. When I wasn't preaching, you guys got really quiet again, so that changes today. Amen? Okay, so the liveliness is coming back to Church on the Rock. You guys just, you keep your mouth shut when the prophet, I know you're scared. It's okay. (laughs) Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest, wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Let's go back to the first part of that. I want to read it one more time because this is going to be the theme verse for today. Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. Everybody say, that's me. And accomplish all this. He will achieve. Now, this is what he's going to do in your life. Do you believe this? This is not just him talking. This is God speaking to you. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo 
them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Come on, you guys received that this morning? That's the theme verse for uh, today, but that's, I really feel like it's going to be a theme verse for 2020 at Church on the Rock. So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Dream Again. Dream Again. Everybody say dream again. Come on, a little bit louder. Say dream again. So we're going to talk about dreams this morning, and I want to share uh, some things that I've had on my heart uh, to share about. Now, you guys do realize I already have January and February planned out on what we're going to preach. This is not related to that. This is a separate message. This is just a preparing you for 2020 message. So we're talking today about dream again. So the definition of dream is this. You could write this down if you want to. The definition of a dream is a strongly desired vision, goal, or purpose, or something that fully satisfies A dream is a strongly desired vision, goal, or purpose, and it's something that fully satisfies. How many know if it's from God? When you get that dream, when you receive that dream, it's going to fully satisfy you because no dream can satisfy like the dreams that God puts in your heart. So we're going to talk today about a dream. What is a dream? Well, we just said it's a strongly desired vision, goal, or purpose you have in your life. Now, I'm not talking about dreaming in the sense of you at nighttime, you ate some bad pizza, and you had a crazy dream. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that God puts in your heart, puts in your mind. It's a vision. It's a goal. It's a purpose for your life that you know is from God. It's probably more than just one thing. Now, there could be one big thing, but then there's a lot of separate things. But that is what a dream is. And we're going to talk about dreams. What is a dream? And have I stopped dreaming? Now think about this. What is some of the dreams that you have in your heart, in your mind right now? Don't say them out loud, but think in your mind, what is a dream I have? Now think, think about bigger than just me coming to church and doing something for God. That should be the most important thing. But physically, what's a dream you have? And not just to have abs or be in a weightlifting competition, like to be healthy, to be strong, to be whole, to live long and finish strong. That should be a good dream physically we should have. Or mentally and emotionally, what's a dream you have? To have a sound mind, to have a strong mind, uh, to do what God has called you to do. Think about with your family, what's a dream you want to have for your family? How many know if you don't have a, f- a dream for your family, nothing will happen in your family? And so what's a dream for your family or your children or your marriage or your calling or your life? What are some dreams that are in your heart or in your mind right now? Hopefully there is something that is coming to your mind and heart right now, and it's just not blank. So what is your dream or what are your dreams you have for your life? Because God wants to fulfill those dreams. God wants to do something in your life. God wants you to to get those things that you strongly desire, those visions, those goals, those purpose. And when it comes to pass, when the dream happens, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. That's going to be something that fully satisfies you because it's from God. And when God fulfills it, it will fully satisfy your life. But let's think about this because I realize a lot of us in here, well, most of us in here are adults. And there's something about adults, and I'm going to share a little bit about this. And, and don't condemn yourself, but you should be convicted when I talk about what I'm going to talk about. A lot of adults stop dreaming. 
they stop moving forward. They stop pursuing a vision, a goal, a purpose, and they just go into survival mode. Just trying to work for the weekend. That's not a life. That's not a life. That's not a dream. That's not a purpose. That's not a vision. That's, that's not what God has called you to do just to make it through Monday or make it to the weekend or just survive your life. No, that is not what God has called you to do. But majority of adults on the planet, even Christians, that's the way they live their whole life. Just surviving, not thriving, not living an abundant life, even though God said we could have a abundant life, a fully satisfied life, a, a life that's overflowing. God said we could have that, but most of us don't live there. You know, when we're younger, we're dreamers. You guys know that? How many have kids or grandkids in here that you're around? They're dreamers. You don't have to talk them into doing anything. You don't have to help think for them or stir up their imagination or help them dream they're automatically dreamers. Why? Because they're connected to God. And they're dreamers. I know for myself, I'm just going to give you a few things. When I was younger, I thought I could do all these things when I got to be an adult. An astronaut, a police officer, a paleontologist, and an NBA star. And then because I felt bad because I was around dad, I said, and I'm going to pastor on the side. So five things. I got five main callings, and I'm going to do it because I'm a dreamer, and I dream big. I'm going to be at NASA, and I'm going to be an astronaut, and when I come back, I'm going to dig up dinosaur bones, and then I'm going to play in the NBA part-time, and then I'm going to preach on the side, and I'm going to be a police officer too uh, just for the Floyd County Police Department. Because when you're a kid, you're a dreamer. You're just automatically a dreamer. Because you're in contact with God, and there's something when you're, when you're that age, you're tender before God. You're not jaded by the world and bitter and depressed because things didn't work out the way. So I'm not going to get my hopes up anymore, and I'm not going to have a vision for my life anymore, and I'm going to give up my dreams because maybe things didn't go the way it was supposed to be like most bitter adults do. But you're a dreamer. When you're a kid, you're a dreamer. That's why God says in his word, you need to have childlike faith. Because there's something about a child that just believes it. If God says it's true, they just believe it. If God tells them that they can do it, they just believe it. If God says that, hey, I put this dream in your heart and it seems really big and it seems really large and it seems bigger than you, because it is if it's from God. If, if I just tell that person that, they will believe it. Kids believe it. Because kids are dreamers. But that's why he said, I want you to be like that in your faith. Not childish, childlike. That you just believe what I've told you you can do. And you can have what I said you can have. I want you to be that type of dreamer the rest of your life and have that childlike faith. But most people, when they get a little bit older, a lot of times it even starts in their teenage years because so many people go through stuff at a young age. 
They start changing what they believe based off experience, based off life challenge, based off opposition. And then adults who are bitter about their own life talk them out of their dreams. Just because you didn't do anything with your life, don't talk about, about somebody else who's trying to just press forward in faith, press forward in hope, press forward with a big vision and a big dream. Don't rain on somebody else's parade just because you didn't do anything with your life. That's what a lot of adults do to their own kids and their grandkids. And so kids are, are just naturally dreamers until somebody says, no, you can't do that. You're not educated enough. You're not good-looking enough. You're not from the right family. You're from the Midwest. You're from Southern Indiana. Ain't, no, ain't nobody come out of Southern Indiana other than Fuzzy Zeller. I mean, who else? You can't do anything, and so adults will talk you out of it. And you know what? A lot of those adults are inspired by the enemy to keep people away from their God-given dreams, their God-given plans. So for all of us in here, life happens to us. It's called adulting. Adulthood slaps you in the face and you realize, it's not the Disney movie I thought it would be when I got older. <laughs> I thought the freedom from my parents and school and everything else was going to be different than this. And it's actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. Because you got to pay bills. And you got to go to work. Nobody wants to respond. Nobody's experienced that this morning. And some of the things you thought that you were younger, you thought would happen and it didn't happen the way because you thought because you lived in a sheltered environment when you were a kid that everything was just going to be rainbow sprinkles and puppies and kitties. And then life happens to you, and it's not all rainbow sprinkles and puppies and kitties because there is an enemy to your soul. And you happen to live in a fallen world who is under a curse and under sin. And there are spiritual forces against you to stop you, to hold you back, to keep you from your dreams, to keep you from your faith, to keep you from your hope. And the enemy opposes us because he doesn't want us to fulfill what God has put in our heart. So life happens to us, challenges happen, opposition happens, or maybe we got our hopes up about a certain situation or a certain thing, and the experience did not turn out the way we wanted to, so we give up our dreams. We give up our hope. We give up our faith because of experience. Anybody still here this morning? So we stop dreaming like a child would. And we start getting bitter towards God, bitter towards people. We don't believe anymore. We don't have faith anymore. We don't have hope anymore. We can even come to church and we just hear when preachers talk about positive messages like the one I'm preaching, you're like, yeah, I've heard that. Got my hopes up before. It didn't work. I believe God before and it hasn't happened yet. And so now you're basing what you believe of experience. Let me let you in on a little insight. The enemy wants to give you enough bad experiences and enough storms of life to knock the hope and the dreams out of you. That's the purpose of those things happening. 
in your life is because the enemy doesn't want you to accomplish those dreams. So he sends storms of life, tests and trials, challenges and oppositions. He wants to get things to turn out differently so you will give up your hope. You will give up your dreams. You will give up your faith because he knows if those dreams come to pass, they will win. They will have victory, and it's going to hurt my kingdom if their dreams come to pass. So I'm going to fight it with everything I have. Come on, are you still here this morning? Are you getting something today? And so the experience sometimes, a lot of time, we base what we believe off a bad experience instead of what God has told us. God's word is true. Not just this word, but the words that he has spoken to your heart. God's word is true. Experience is a liar. Your feelings are a liar. The challenges is a liar. The opposition is a liar. It's all to trick you to stop you from believing the dreams in here and the dreams that God has put in here. It's not true. It's not true. It feels true sometimes. It looks true sometimes, but God's word is true. And those dreams and those hopes and those things that God has put in his word but put in your heart is truth. And I'm going to share in a few more uh, moments here about some things we can do to see God's dream for our life come to pass. And also some things that the enemy would try to do to stop us. You guys still excited about this? Let's look at Acts 2 and verse 17. Acts 2 and 17, it says, In the last days, now he's talking about the days that we live in today when the Holy Spirit is poured out, we're living here today. It says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18, in those days, we're living here today, church. I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Now let's go back to the verse before, and we're going to leave it up there, 217. So I was thinking about this, and God gave me this verse today, and I thought about it differently than I have before. But we just talked a minute ago about what is a dream, but we talked about a lot of times why we lose our hope and we give up our dreams. How a lot of us in here that are adults that are living life in the real world have given up. We we gave you those reasons. But the thing about God is God can restore those things to you. God can give you new visions, new dreams, new hopes, new plan, new purpose if you would only let him. And I believe strongly that's what's going to happen in this church today. Come on, has anybody received that today? That's what's going to happen in this church today. And it's spoken about the time and day that we live in where the Holy Spirit would be poured out. And we are a Spirit-filled church, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is not just get us to fall out. It's not just get us to do a Holy Ghost jig. It's not to just get us to pray in tongues. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does, it says, when he comes on you, you're going to see new visions, and you're going to dream new dreams. 
Now, a lot of times we look at this verse and we look at the young men and the old man part. That's not the point of the verse. Because it goes on in the next verse and it says that men and women, sons and daughters, the point is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, there's going to be something that takes over that's supernatural. And the old and the young are going to see visions and dreams. That men and women are going to see visions and dreams. Doesn't matter what your race is. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter your gender. God, when his spirit is poured out on you, something supernatural is going to happen. And one of those things is you're going to see new visions and dream new dreams. That same Holy Spirit they talked about in that verse is here today in this service, living on the inside of us, moving in our midst. And that's what I believe he's doing right now in your heart, in your life, whether you're young or old, man or woman. When the Holy Spirit's here, you're going to see a new vision and dream some new dreams about your future in your life. Can I say this? Maybe sometimes when we don't dream and have visions anymore is because we're not spending time with the Holy Spirit. Because if you were, you would be thinking differently about your life. <laughs> you know why you're not thinking differently about your life and you're discouraged about it? You're listening to the wrong people. You're listening to the news. You're looking at your circumstances, your experience. You're not hanging out with the person who can give you new visions and new dreams, which is the Holy Spirit of God. So when he comes on our life, yes, he's going to give us supernatural ability to do whatever he's called us to do. He's going to give us power. How many know when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings us power? But we don't really look at it that way a lot of times. He gives us power to have new visions and dreams also. And then the next verse, it says he's going to anoint us to prophesy. The, the word prophecy, really, there is preach. Tell of the good news of what God has done in your life. And how many know, if you see the visions and the dreams that God gave you come to pass in your life, you're going to have plenty to talk about. You're going to have plenty to preach about at your work, at your school, at your job, in your community. At the gym, you're going to have plenty to talk about. When you see the visions and the dreams come to pass, you're going to prophesy, which is preach, and proclaim the good news of God. You know what people can say? Hey, if God did it for them, he could do it for me. If God could work in their life, he could work in my life. That's the point of it. So we need to believe today and in the future if you ever lose sight of dreams and visions in your life for your future, spend some time with the Holy Spirit, and he can give you a new dream and a new vision. Notice, no matter how old or young you are. Now, can I say something to the group of people in this church that are in their latter half of life, more seasoned half of life? I didn't say you were old. I just said you were seasoned. Come on. Let's get up for a good seasoned saints. Just like a good seasoned steak. Come on, it just is good all, all the way around. Let me encourage you, just because you retire from your job doesn't mean you retire from God. 
doesn't mean you retire from church, doesn't mean you retire from, for a new vision, a new dream, a new career, a new plan, a new purpose. Just because you retire from a job, there's still so much more. What did it say? Your young men will see visions and your old men and women will dream dreams. Retirement's a mentality, not just you leaving work. You wonder why a lot of people retire, and it's proven. When a lot of people retire from their job, and they don't intentionally do something with their mind and their body to dream a new dream and a new vision, their health starts declining rapidly, and a lot of people pass away quickly. Unless they have a new vision and a new dream, and a new goal. How many know God wants us to do that? And let me encourage you, you seasoned saints in here. This was on my heart. God wants to do more in the latter half of your life than the first half because you got more wisdom and insight to do it. You can help so much, so many more people the last half of your life than the first half. So dreams and visions are not just a young person's game. This is a young person thing, a young adult thing. No, it's not. God just said, I will give young men visions, and the old men are going to dream dreams. The young women are going to do this, and the older women are going to do this. He's not a respecter of persons or age or gender. God wants to breathe something new in your life. Come on, are you with me this morning? I love this. C.S. Lewis said this, you are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. You are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. God wants to do something new in your life, in my life, a new vision, a new dream, a new purpose. If we only spent time with the Holy Spirit, he would give us new dreams and new visions. Come on, you believe that today? You agree with that today? God wants to do that in your life starting today. Before we get into uh, some points I want to talk about about your dream, I really feel like that there is things in your life that you want to do and you don't know why you want to do it. You know what I'm talking about? Like I've always wanted to go to Paris. I've always wanted to do this as a career. I've always wanted to go experience this. I've always wanted to help people who had this issue. Those things are not natural desires a lot of time. I'm not saying everything that comes to your mind is from God, but a lot of time, things that are in your heart like that are from God. They are God dreams, God purposes that are trying to pull you into your destiny. They're trying to pull you into your dream. And a lot of times we'll look at those things like they're just natural, but a lot of times God is speaking to us and we don't even know. You'll just say stuff like this. I really feel like I should do this with my life. I really feel like I want to go here and experience this. I really feel like I want to help people that have these certain issues. That's God dreams in your heart. Wake up and listen to them. But I believe with all my heart, God wants to give us big dreams. 
And you need to think bigger. Now, of course your call for God should involve the church, but a lot of you, your life is lived outside these four walls. And God has big dreams for you to do great things outside of these four walls. Not just in church. Now, hey, I'm 100% local church. The church should be a part of it. But a lot of you guys, your calling is not here to preach. Your calling is out there to affect the world in a different way than I can. And God wants to put some dreams in your heart that are not always Well, you're just going to preach another message and see people saved. It might not be that. It might be God puts in your heart, I want you to be a businessman who makes millions of dollars for the kingdom of God so you can fund the kingdom, so you can build the church. That's a God dream. Or I want to go into nursing, or I want to be a doctor so I can help people and show them the love of God and not just heal them physically, but heal them spiritually because I'm a light in a dark world in that field. That's a God dream. I want to give you a few things to know that this is a God dream because God wants to put some things in your heart. There are two really simple ways you know that this is from God. First of all, if it's a God dream, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. What I mean by that is, if your dream comes to pass, and the only person whose life is better is you, it wasn't from God. God will always give you a dream that's bigger than you. And when you see that God dream come to pass, not just you're going to get blessed, but everyone that that dream is involved in is going to get blessed. Because God says, I want to bless you so you will be a blessing. I want to heal you so you can heal other people. I want to deliver you so you will deliver other people. I'm going to give you this dream, but it's bigger than you. So how do you know it's from God? It's bigger than you. Who else is getting help? when your dream comes to pass, other than you. God cares about you, but it's not about you. You know it's from God if it's bigger than you. I love this. You know, one of the greatest dreamers of modern time was Martin Luther King Jr. He gave the famous speech, I have a dream. But how many of you know Martin Luther King Jr., his dream was bigger than him. He didn't do it to be applauded. He didn't do it to be a celebrity. He didn't do it for notoriety. Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream in his heart that we could live in a country who treats people like normal human beings, who shows dignity and respect to other people of other races or genders or whatever. And Martin Luther King had that dream, but it was from God because it wasn't just about him. It was bigger than him. And he even gave that speech, which is one of the most anointed Messages of all time, I have a dream speech. It wasn't just a speech, it was anointed by God. Because it was a God dream. And how many of you know, even though he died for what he believed in and that cause, he changed 
this nation and the world as we know it, one man because of his dream that God gave him. Are you here this morning? So if it's a God dream, it's bigger than you. I'm already going horse. And we still got a long ways to go, beloveds. You guys are pulling it out of me. I can't help but be excited. I've been miming for eight months straight. I haven't even spoken. So this is weird. I'm testing my vocal cords right now. God wants to do something in your life, and it's bigger than you. The other part is this. You need him to fulfill it. How do you know it's from God? If God doesn't come through, you're going to fail. That's how you know it's from God. God's going to give you a dream that's so big, so audacious, so crazy. If God doesn't do something supernatural, it won't work. It's not going to happen. Because God wants to give you a dream that you need him to be involved in. Because how many know he's a faith God? He wants to work together with us. And if he gives you something that you can do in your own strength, he's not necessary. But he wants to give you a dream that's bigger than you and one that you need him to fulfill. It's bigger than you. And you need him to fulfill. Those are two ways you know this is a God dream. So if you feel overwhelmed by your dream, good. It's probably from God. If you feel like, that freaks me out. That is really scary. I I feel a little fearful about what I'm called to do. Good. It's from God. It's from God. Because if you feel like, oh, I got this. No, that's not from God. (laughs) That's from you. You know, sometimes I feel like that about this church. Do you know that? I know I got giftings and grace on my life, but to go from where we're at to a region-changing church, reaching tens and thousands of people, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people, to have a church that's big enough to fill the Yum Center, that's bigger than me. Hello, somebody. So I am confident in one sense in the gifts and grace that God gave me, but sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, that's bigger than me. That's way beyond me. How are we going to go from a 200-member church where we're at right now to a region change of church? I don't know, but it's going to be fun to get there. <laughs> How are you going to do it? I don't know, but Brother Sean's going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm just preaching. He's figuring it out. Not my gift. I'm not an administrator. I'm just a preacher. I'm literally just the face and the voice of this thing. That's it. It's bigger than us. That's how we know it's from God. All right. You guys still doing good? Okay. So if it's a God dream, it's bigger than you, and you need him to fulfill it. I want to give you... Five things to see your dream come to pass. And when we talk about this, I also, in the middle, I'm going to just give you a heads up. I want to interject the two main things 
that are going to get you discouraged to give up your dream on the way there. So let's turn over to Habakkuk. I know you've been in your devotions in Habakkuk recently. Chapter 2 and verse 2. It said, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Verse 3, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Let's look back to verse 2 real quick. Very familiar verse. You guys know this. He says, write the vision and make it plain that they who run or they, that he may run who reads it. So you've got to have something that's simple. You've got to have something that you can write down. So I want to get into a few things, and this, this first one's going to be really practical. You need to write down God's visions and dreams for your life. Write it down. You got to put it somewhere in your life that you could see it every day. Some of you need to put it in your car or in your Bible or on your mirror or by your bed. But he says, I want you to write the vision or the dream and make it plain, make it simple that you may run when you read it. And it also says in verse 3, though it may tarry or it might take some time, it will surely come to pass. You know, in the business world, they have done research and discovered in leadership that people are like 80% more likely to accomplish their dreams, goals, and visions if they just write it down. And we're talking about secular people, testing secular people, not believers, and they've realized there is power in writing down visions and dreams. But how many know, way before they did any test, God knew that. And he said to Habakkuk, write the vision, write the dream, make it plain, make it simple, that you may run when you read it. So if we're going to fulfill the dreams and visions God has, we need to write it down. Some of you say, well, I don't have anything today. Well, I just gave you the answer a few minutes ago. After you leave the service, or maybe it's starting right now. God's giving you stuff right now as I'm preaching. Hopefully he is. After you leave the service, spend some time with the Holy Spirit this next week and say, God, give me some new visions and some new dreams, and the Holy Spirit will do it supernaturally. And write it down. How many know if we take God serious, we will write it down? Isn't that right? If we take God serious, we will write it down. So we write it down so we can look at it, we can read it, we can meditate on what God wants to do so that we can run or fulfill that dream. The second thing is once God gives you dreams, you need to speak it. How many know you have power and authority in your words? God has given you the power of life and death are in the tongue. In the Gospels, it says, you can have what you say. Those are three scriptures right there I just gave you about speaking. We have power to change our world. 
We have power to change our life. We have power to accomplish these dreams. And it starts in our mouth. We have to speak it because that's our faith. Speaking. We have to speak about dreams that we don't see as yet. That we don't feel as yet. That we don't understand as yet. And we need to say stuff like, we're a region change in church. Are you? See, I know what some of you are thinking. You're, you're thinking, you guys don't look like a reader changing church. I know. But it's a dream, and I'm going to speak out what we want. I'm going to speak out my future. Just like when you don't feel good, you've got to say, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. Don't say what you have. Say what you want to have. Because there's life and death in the power of our tongue. We have power and authority with our words, and we can have what we say. And let me bring this a little bit closer to home. And you already are having what you say right now. Today you're experiencing what you've been talking about yesterday and the day before. So whether you believe it or not, you still are having what you say. So we need to speak out the dreams that God gives us. You can choose to talk yourself into your dream, or you can choose to talk yourself out of it, but it's your choice. We all have a choice in here, and I know majority of us in here, we can get very negative because that's the culture, and that's the way that most people are, but they're not right, and the culture isn't right. You can choose. I'm going to talk myself into my dreams, not talk myself out of my dreams, because if God said I can do it, then I can do it. If God said I can have it, then I can have it. If God said I can be it, then I can be it, and I'm going to talk myself into the dreams that God has for me. Come on, is anybody excited in this Methodist church? Don't go home on me. I'm the fourth preacher. You know what the fourth preacher is? Well, I wasn't going to say that, but I'm going to say you got to hit the grand slam when you're the fourth one up to bat. You got everybody on base. You got to hit the home run to get, get everybody home. So you have to speak it. Number three, you guys still here? So you got to write it down. You got to speak it. You got to work it. Look at your neighbor and say, work it. A lot of times, believers, Christians, don't talk about this part of the faith life. The work it life. So you need to write it down. Yes. You need to speak it. Yes. But you need to put some corresponding actions with your words and with your dreams. Or it will not happen. The Bible says faith without works or faith without actions is dead. The Bible also says we are working together with God. He's not doing it by himself, and we're not doing it by ourselves. We have to co-labor with God to see our dreams come to pass. And if the dreams in our heart are going to come to pass, you have to work it. God is not against effort. God is not against working. A lot of times Christians will take that out of context. We're not talking about you working to be right with God. That's not what we're talking about. But the Bible does talk a lot about you working for your calling, working to do what God has called you to do, working to get into the best plan that God has for your life. That's real. 
So you have to work it if you want to see the dreams come to pass in your life. You have to be all in for the dreams to come to pass in your life. So you have to have actions that back up your faith and your words and what you wrote down about your dreams. you got to work it. Let me give you an example. Let's just say God called you to be a doctor, a physical doctor who works at the hospital. You can't just write it down and speak, I'm going to be a doctor. How many of you know you're never going to be a doctor? I don't mean to ruin your vibe right now, but you will never be a doctor writing it down, speaking it over your life. That's a good start. But you know what you got to do? You have to get your butt up, and you have to go to college. And then you have to study a whole lot. And then you got to go to medical school, and you got to stay up all the time. And you got to drink a lot of coffee. And you got to read and read and read. And then you got to work at the hospital crazy hours for years and years and years. And then eventually, 10 years down the road, 12 years down the road, you're going to be a doctor. But that would have never happened if you just would have wrote it down and said, God, I thank you, I'm a doctor. No, you got to put some work to your dream. And when you move, God moves. When you put some actions, God's power comes to meet you, help you do what God has put in your heart. But you got to work it. You got to put some action to it if you want to see your dream come to pass. So you got to write it, you got to speak it, and you got to work it. I'm going to kind of switch gears for a second before we go any further to the last few points. And I want to talk about the life of Joseph for a second because I want to bring out two things that are, every one of us are going to face on our way to our dream. Because after you write it, you're going to be pumped. You got flashcards. You're showing people. It's on your mirror. It's in your car. It's at your job. It's on your phone. You got it written down. You're excited. You know what next? You're going to be talking about it all the time. You're going to be speaking it to God, speaking it to people. You're going to be pumped up. And then you're going to be working on it. You're like, oh, I am hustling for the Lord right now. I am working so hard. This is going so good. I see progress. I'm making progress. But then you're going to face two things in the middle of your dream before you get there that are going to make you want to give up. And to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So when you get in these situations, you won't quit. You'll know, I know where this is from. I know what's going on. It's all a part of the process to get into my dream. So Joseph, how many know Joseph in the Bible? He was the biggest dreamer we know of in the Bible. Joseph in the coat of many colors. And he was the favored son. He was the most blessed son, Joseph was. And how many know, thanks to what Jesus has done, all of us in here are the most favored, blessed sons and daughters of God. Not just one person. And because he was favored, God gave Joseph dreams. He gave him dreams about the future. He gave him dreams about what he would do. And because he was a dreamer, his brothers didn't like that because they were one of those bitter adults. 
who gave up on their dreams. And so they wanted to be a hater and hate on Joseph's dreams. And they said, Joseph, we don't like you talking about your dreams all the time and what you're going to do. And you're so big and we're going to have to bow down to you someday. We're going to sell you into slavery because we don't like you. So Joseph, who was a dreamer, called by God, anointed by God, favored by God, went from being favored and a dreamer to being sold into slavery. Then when he was sold into slavery, he eventually went to Potiphar's house, which Potiphar was an official in Egypt. Potiphar was a general. He was a very powerful man. And when he was at Potiphar's house, he was over everything that Potiphar had. And then Potiphar's wife, some of you know the story, tried to sleep with Joseph. Joseph said, I can't do that because I care about what God thinks. And I have big dreams, so I can't just live anyway. I can't live an impure life in an unclean life because I got dreams. I got a purpose. I got a vision. How many know the reason most people don't live right is because they have no vision or dream for their life? Because if you did, you wouldn't be living that way. You got no purpose. You got no dream. So he said, I'm not going to do that because I want to fulfill this dream that God has in my life. So when he came back home, some of you know the story that uh, Potiphar's wife told Potiphar he tried to sleep with me, which wasn't true. So Potiphar was ticked, threw him in prison. Joseph was in prison. How many know this dreamer seems like his life is going the wrong way? Going the wrong way. He was in prison. Then he helped some people out in the prison. And when they got out, he was still in the prison. They were think- he was thinking they were going to help him. And then eventually, the Pharaoh was having these dreams. And none of the other people could interpret the dreams. And they said, I know one person. He's in prison. He doesn't believe like you. He believes in this other God. Not all these false gods in Egypt. He believes in the true God. And he can interpret your dreams. So they they got Joseph in that prison and they took him to the palace. And when he got there, God gave him favor and God gave him supernatural wisdom to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh said, I'm going to make you second in command of all of Egypt. And in that time and day, Egypt was the ruler of the world. It was the superpower. It was the America or the China of the world. It was the most influential country or region on the world, Egypt. So Joseph went and he became second in command, the prime minister of Egypt. So anyways, when he did that, and we're going to get into this later on, Once he did that, there was a great famine because God had shown him in a dream that this is going to happen. So through the wisdom God gave him, he saved up all this food for year after year after year. So when the famine came, they would have enough food. And eventually, his brothers and his dad and his family that he got separated from all those years ago came to get food. And when they got there, They came to Joseph, and they didn't know it was Joseph. There was 13 years from the time he started that dream to the time he was in that position. 13 years. You believe God three weeks and you're giving up already? 13 years. 
13 years from the time that God put that dream in Joseph's heart to the time he was in that position in Egypt. And when he got there, his family, like I said, they came to see Joseph, the dreamer, and they came to ask for food. They didn't know it was Joseph, but Joseph told them, hey, I'm Joseph. The one you tried to kill, the one you sold into slavery, that's me. And you know what he said? And I forgive you. And he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So that when I would get in this position, I could save many people. Why? Because the dream is not just about you. It's bigger than you. That dream that Joseph had in his heart that God gave him was so he could save his family, so he could save his whole nation. The dream was bigger than him, and the dream needed God to fulfill it. And notice when he got to that position, he said, I forgive you. I'm not holding against you because the enemy tried to take my life out, but God meant it for good. You guys still follow me? I want to give you these two obstacles we face, and this is what Joseph faced in the middle of your dream. You guys still here? I know. I've been preaching 53 minutes. Give me some grace. I haven't said a word eight months. You guys want to know the, the last part of the message, right? <laughs> We're just getting to the best part. You're going to face these two things in the middle of your dream. First is opposition. Opposition. So after you write it down, after you speak it, after you work it, in the middle, you're going to face opposition. That's when most people give up. Big dreams, big obstacles. Big calling, big persecution. It comes with it. If you don't want the dream, then stay home. Because you won't get persecuted that much. You won't have many obstacles. You won't go through many things. But if you have a big dream and a God dream, you're going to go through it. And it's not God. It's the enemy trying to stop you from fulfilling what you're called to do. It's the enemy thinking if I put enough challenges and enough obstacles and enough storms in this person's life, they're going to give up before they reach their dream. But the enemy doesn't know about us faith people, does he? To be forewarned is to be forearmed today. No, in the middle of your dream, you will face opposition. The bigger the dream... Oh, we want big dreams, don't we? Everybody in here is like, oh, man, I got so many big dreams and big plans. Do you? It'll be worth it, but there will be opposition. How many know Joseph could have cried about it, complained about it? I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm anointed by God. He got sold into slavery. He got falsely accused. He got thrown into a prison. And he kept his faith in his dream the whole time. And then God redeemed him and brought him to the palace. Think about the apostle Paul, the most notable man in the New Testament who wrote two-thirds of it. The apostle Paul said, I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten by friends. I've been beaten by enemies. I've been snake bit. I've been thrown in prison. I've been persecuted. I've been depressed, despaired of life. That's what he said. The Apostle Paul said that. Why? 
Big dreams, big obstacles. Big calling, big persecution. It comes with it. Let me read you a verse that the Apostle Paul said, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. The Apostle Paul said, hey, God's opened all these doors, but I know if there's a big door, there's going to be big obstacles. Comes with it. I'm not trying to discourage you from big things, but I'm just saying, know ahead of time before you get in this, there will be pushback. You are living in a fallen world. You have an enemy who hates your guts and doesn't want you to fulfill anything that God has called you to. So there will be obstacles and storms to make you want to give up in the middle. But I love it because if you keep reading about the Apostle Paul, yes, he went through that, but he got victory over all those things. And at the end of his life, he said, none of these things moved me. There's another passage where he says that he got to a place where he was living in Rome, and he says, no one hindered me anymore. But he went through it to get where he was going. So did Joseph. Big dreams. Big opposition. But you know what? The dream's worth it. Come on, I don't know if you heard me this morning. The dream is worth it. I don't care what you got to go through. The dream is worth it. I don't, wanna, I don't care what's happening in your life. The dream and the vision is worth it. Is it worth it to fulfill what God has for your life? Big dreams, big opposition. I'm not a confused person. Hopefully you're not either. Let me just say this, on the record and off the record. Everything our families went through this past year, it's not hard to figure out. Is it? No question in my head. Not hard to figure anything out. Big dreams, big opposition. Big calling, big persecution. A region change in church, the devil's not going to say, go for it. Go ahead. You got this. Nope. He's going to try to attack you in every way humanly possible to get you to quit. The good news is we don't quit. We don't. It's not hard to figure out. Everybody's like, oh, I wonder, you know, the doctor's a faith person. Then why is this happening to it? It's not hard. Big dreams, big opposition. Big calling, big persecution. If you don't want it, then don't do anything. But we want something. So we're able to withstand it because we know the dream is better that God has for us. Come on, is anybody here in this Methodist church today? Still here. There's a story about Dr. Summerall that I love. Many of you know who Dr. Summerall is. You know about his life. Dr. Summerall, he literally changed nations. Like, not just a few people. Nations of the world were changed through this man of God. And because of this man of God and what he did, he faced a lot of challenges. If you read the life story of Dr. Summerall, you see the things he went through. But he knew, I know why I'm going through this. It's not hard. 
if I got a big calling, there's going to be big opposition. Because the enemy doesn't want me to fulfill what I'm called to do. Anyways, Dr. Sermar, one time he was, he was over in China, and he came home. And he was one of the people who started uh, really Christian TV as we know it today. He was one of the first people to be able to buy a studio in, in TV time and be on TV constantly. So Dr. Summerall, he bought a um, TV station and all these satellites. It was millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment. When he came home from China, being overseas, while he was gone, the whole station, satellites, everything burned to the ground. Now, he didn't know that when he was in China. So they said they drove him to the TV station and there was literally ruins of Dr. Summerall's dream about being on TV. Millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment gone. You know what Dr. Summerall did? Because he knew opposition comes with big dreams and big callings. He said, build it back. And he got in his car and he went away on another mission trip. That's all he said. He didn't cry. He said, why, God, I was doing this for you, and it didn't turn out right like most people do. He said, build it back, and got in the car and went away on his trip. And that should be your response to your life when something doesn't go the way it should. Build it back. When your health is not going the way it should, you got to say, build it back. When your family's not going the way it should, you should say, build it back. When your life's going a different direction, you should say, build it back. Don't cry about it. Don't complain about it. Get back in faith and realize opposition comes with the dream. Comes with it. If you don't want it, then don't do anything. But if you want it, opposition will come. I love that Dr. Sherman just said, build it back. Millions of dollars worth of stuff gone. Build it back. That's a faith response because he knew, hey, opposition comes with this. We'll just build it back and we'll do it again. You guys still here today? I know we're going over time here. So opposition comes. The next thing that keeps us from fulfilling our dream is time. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12, by faith and patience you inherit the promise of God. A lot of times people give up because it's not in the timing they thought it would be. And they have no patience to wait on what God's dream is for their life. And it's going to take prayer and work before you get to the dream. And that's going to take time. How many know the day you plant the seed, it's not the day you get the harvest. It's going to take some time. And a lot of people give up in the time it takes for it to come to pass. They give up in the meantime, not realizing i got to pray and work and give and sow for sometimes years before I see this dream fulfilled. Because it's just going to take time. Also, I think a lot of times we have to wait on certain dreams is because our heart can't handle it when we're younger. 
So a lot of times when our dreams are delayed, seems like that's not God's punishment. That's his goodness. Because if, if he was going to give you the dream ahead of time, you wouldn't be able to handle it. But how many of all of us in here feel like, no, God, I can handle it, though? Every one of us in here would say that. No, no, I got it. I got it, God. Just go ahead and give it. Now, I know you're saying wait, but I'm good. I got it. But he knows better than you. And he knows if I give you this certain thing right now, it would destroy you. It wouldn't help you. So you're going to have to take some time to pray and to work and to give and to believe. And you're going to have to get your heart in the right place that when I give it to you, you will receive it the right way. So people give up between the time from when they start to the dream being fulfilled. Faith and patience, you inherit the promise of God. Listen to this. Joseph took him 13 years. David took him 12 years. Moses took him 40 years. All men of faith. We read the Bible like it happened instantly. Just because you're reading in chapters and verses, and it's like, Abraham believed God, and then you read the next chapter, and he had Isaac. 25 years went on between those verses. So you could think, well, something's wrong with me if I've been waiting all this time. No, nothing's wrong with you. Faith and patience. So Abraham, 25 years. Jesus had to wait 30 years. Noah had to wait 100 years. All great men in the hall of faith had to wait some time before they saw their dream fulfilled. And how many know they probably got discouraged in the meantime? But because they didn't give up and they kept in faith, their dream came to pass. Faith and patience. So there's going to be two things that fight you with your dream, opposition and time. To know about that ahead of time will make you better be prepared when you're in that season of your life. Knowing that, no, my dream is still coming to pass. God can still do it. He still has great things. I want to share another verse with you, Proverbs 13 and verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Let's leave this up here for a second. Now, I got this verse many years ago. After I've shared this before at church. After uh, I had my first panic attack, which was on the Manzanillo mission trip. It's probably been eight years ago at this point. Because when I came home, I was believing God. I thought I was. I was trying to do everything I could physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to get out of that place of anxiety and depression after I had that panic attack. It really messed me up. And it felt like nothing is changing at all. God, I'm doing everything that I should be doing, and nothing is changing at all. And this first came to me because this is the way I felt. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You get discouraged. You get depressed. In that period where you got to wait some time, by faith and patience, you inherit the promise. But notice what it says. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. 
Let's read it in the Passion Translation. I love this. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. I think we've all been there before. But notice what it says. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. I believe this, and I'm not just saying this to say this today, but I believe our church is stepping into a season of this verse. No more delays anymore. No more discouraging seasons anymore. I'm believing that this verse is true for us because some of you have been waiting on some things a long time. This is a season, 2020, of our dreams coming true. Now, half of you are saying, hallelujah, I received that, and the other are still got that. I know. Because you've got burnt before. Because you've gotten your hopes up before. And it didn't work out. But with that attitude, it's not going to change. That's why the Bible says it. Yeah, hope deferred makes you sick. Makes you depressed. But notice when the dream comes true, it's a tree of life or the passion says, the sweetness will satisfy your soul. I love that. That's one of the definitions of a dream, something that fully satisfied. I'm speaking this over you in this church, and I know we're at 1219. You can wait on the Baptist at the Golden Corral anyways. <laughs> Northside's already at all the restaurants anyway, so you're not getting in anytime soon. I'm speaking this over your life for 2020, for this church and every individual. 2020 is going to be a year of dreams coming true. 2020 is going to be a year of dreams coming true. 2020 is going to be a year of dreams coming true for your life, for your finances, for your future, for your family, for your physical health, for your mental health, for your emotional health, for your spiritual health. 2020 is going to be a year of dreams coming true for you. Now take what I'm saying seriously. I'm not just saying this to hype you up. I heard from God about this. 2020 is a year of dreams coming true for you. No more years of hope deferred makes a heart sick. No more years of hope being delayed and discouraged. This 2020 is a year of dreams coming true. Now what does it say in the passion again? Let me read the end of this. But when last your dream comes true. Now we're not talking Hallmark or Disney stuff here. We're talking real life. We're talking, you're going to get help that a true love's kiss can't fulfill. You're going to get some help. <laughs> Way more than a Disney movie or a Hallmark movie where all dreams are going to come true. No, this is not hype. This is real hope. But when last your dream comes true, life's sweetness Come on, can we get back into that? Life sweetness. Some of you are way too bitter in here. You need to get into some sweetness. Life sweetness will satisfy your soul. Man, your soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Wouldn't you say that's the thing going wrong with our entire planet right now? 
That's why there's so much anti-anxiety, anti-depression medicine, so much suicide going on. We've never lived in such a depressed, anxious generation, and I've been there myself. But what's the issue? It's in your soul. Because why? Hope deferred made your heart sick. You got discouraged. You got depressed. But God says, when your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Come on, are you receiving this today? Can Brother Daryl, can you come up and play? I'm wrapping this up. Like I said, it wasn't my fault. I had three preachers before me. Come on, guys. (laughs) I mean, I didn't want to say it, but I'm joking. She said the anointing was on me, but they took it. I mean, it was the pastoral anointing you got up and tried to use before I got up here. All right. I'll let it go this time. So lastly, I think you've heard this before. Stay with it. So you got to write it. You got to speak it. You got to work it. And in the meantime, you're going to face opposition and you're going to face time. But if you want to see the dream fulfilled, you're going to have to stay with it. Because if you stay with it, it will come to pass. It will happen. It will not be delayed anymore. It will come to pass. But you got to stay with it. Most people give up in the middle before they get there. And then they blame it on God and everybody else and it's their fault. No, you just gave up before you got to your dream being fulfilled. You let the opposition take you out. But you got to stay with it. Stay with it in your words. Stay with it in your prayers. Stay with it in your faith. Stay with it with your attitude. And just like Joseph, he stayed with it. From the time he got the dream, he stayed with it through slavery, through prison, all the way to the palace. He didn't get bitter at God. He didn't even get bitter at his brothers. He forgave them. And he stayed in faith. And God saw his dream fulfilled. But notice that was Joseph's choice, not anybody else. He stayed with him. The dream fulfilled. So we got to write it, we got to speak it, we got to work it, and we got to stay with it. Stay with it. Hopefully today, because I know some of you are already there. You've already done the first three things. You're kind of in the middle right now. I feel like that this message is hopefully encouraging you right now to stay with it. You're closer than you think you are. You're doing better than you think you are. God is moving behind the scenes more than you think he is. God is changing things behind the scenes more than you can see it right now. But you got to believe that. You got to believe that. Anybody believe that today? You got to believe that today. Did you guys get any something something this morning? I'm going to read a verse to you at the end here. Now, see, I'm a crier, and I'm going to set this up. Miss Donna, don't look at me. (laughs) You're supposed to be the one cracking jokes, so don't look at me. (laughs) No, I'm a crier by nature because I feel things. That could be good or bad. Like, I can get really sad really quick or I can get really happy really quick. I feel things. But when it comes to the 
things of God, I feel it because it's real to me. Like the Bible can make me cry because it's real to me. Now, if if you're not moved by the Bible, it's because it's not real to you. You're the one with the problem, not the Bible. If you can't be moved in worship, it's not God's fault. It's because you have a hard heart now. And so I can cry really easy at worship or, or scriptures or teaching. I could cry really easy on stuff like that. Why? Because it's real to me. I'm not saying you got to bawl your eyes out every time you're with God, but it's real to me. So if I cried during this verse, you guys hold it together. Okay? Promise deal. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about dreams, dreams fulfilled, dream again. So before I read this verse, I want to say, and like I just spoke over your life in 2020, will be the year of dreams fulfilled, dreaming again, dreams coming to pass if we stay with it. And I'm speaking in over you personally, but over your family, over your future, over your calling, and I'm even speaking that over this church. Because 2020, we're stepping into the year of the region-changing church in 2020. I got 50% that believe me and the other 50% that need to get in faith. 2020 is the year that our church will start moving rapidly towards being a region-changing church. What have we been doing 35 years then? Preparing the foundation for a region-changing church. Because if you're going to build a big building, you've got to have a big foundation. I believe it. I don't know about you. And it's not preacher talk. It's not hype. It's real. Okay. So let me speak this over you. And I want to speak this over everyone in the church today. And I want to challenge you once we read these verses. I want you to read these verses every day. I'm not joking. For the rest of this year before 2020. Promise? You don't even know what the verses are, but I'm going to tell you in a second. I want you to read it every day before 2020 because this is what the rest of your life in 2020 is going to be like before the end of the year. I'm saying this. It's Psalm 126. You can write that down. Psalm 126. We're talking about dreams. Psalm 126 in the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read it to you. You ready? This is what God is speaking over everyone in this place today. Psalm 126.1, it says, It was like a dream come true. When you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. Notice this. Some of you need this so bad. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. And all the nations saw it and joined in saying, The Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles. And we are overjoyed. 